Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to First and Foxborough. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you download, subscribe, stream this on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. The new league year has officially begun in the NFL. And wow, are the New England Patriots off to a blazing fast start. Look at some of these incredible additions. Uh, who who they had? Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster. Yay! Actually, that's not bad. But uh, yes, re-signed Jabril Peppers. Yay! Good job. Wow. Where where's the whole? Uh, where where are we supposed to be getting like Orlando Brown and Mike McGlinchey and trading for DeAndre Hopkins? What what happened, Pat Lane? I need you to help me out with that. I mean, it's still it's still possible. It's those guys are still out there, right? So like we, we haven't checked those off the box yet. I, Orlando Brown's probably not going to happen, but you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, that is Pat Lane, Pat's Nation Pod, co-host with me today to give you the the, the Pat's fan perspective on what is going yes, on. Because look, because look, you know, I well, okay, I w- I don't know that I would describe myself as, as a fan. I haven't been here that long, man. I've only been right. I've only really been here a couple of years. I can grow Fair. up here, but but look, I cover the team. I want to see the team be good. You know, I don't want to cover a bad football team. Right. And it, last year was. I lost brain cells. I lost years <laughs> off my life. I mean, it was wild. So, of course, you look at them having coming into this this process with what twenty seven million dollars or so in free cap space, and you're thinking, okay, got a little bit of room to play around with stuff. It's not as bad as it was last year, where you had like thirteen, right? right? But bargain bin hunting again, which isn't that surprising. I'm just saying it's not that surprising. But again, it's like. Yeah, they're, they're really just sticking to their guns, even though they got more money and they're coming off a rough year. They're not changing up their approach. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, obviously, we'd love the splash, right? By the way, I got to say, I'm pretty honored to be your first guest of the new football season, officially, yes, right? That's right. So that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Got that little feather in my cap. Yes, you uh, do. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I think... 
I think this is what Bill does, right? He didn't do it in 2021. And I think the big reason why he didn't do it in 2021, because that team sucked. That 2020 team sucked. That was a bad team. And so he had to go out and get guys to just make them competent again. I mean, they won seven games somehow in 2020, but like yeah. they really had no business winning 27 games. That, that, that team was terrible. And so you had to go out and get guys to just make it a competent football team, right? You sign Nelson Aguilar, you sign Kendrick Bourne, you go out and, you know, you sign Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and Matthew Judon. And, you know, the list goes on and on. And, and it's like, because you didn't have anyone, they just didn't have any good players. So they had to go out and get a bunch of guys. Now I think they've done a really good job the last three years of drafting. And you're seeing some of those young guys kind of step into these roles. Kyle Duggar has become an impact player. Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, uh, Christian Barmore, you know. So it's like, so that's, so you sit there and say, okay. And last year's draft, I think hopefully you can, you can hope for more from Taekwon Thornton. You have a starting guard in, in Cole Strange. You get the Jones brothers, you know, in the secondary. So you feel pretty good about where you're going. So you're like, all right, we have some talent on the team now. We don't have to get competent again. We're already competent. Now, we're not great, but we're at least competent level. And with better coaching, which they significantly improve their coaching staff, if you have a competent team and good coaching, you can at least get into the playoff hunt. Now, their division got significantly better as well. So now it's like if we're going to even sniff the playoffs, we're going to have to compete you know, for six games a year against – three of the best teams in the AFC at this point. And, you know, I don't know if the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the AFC, but getting Aaron Rodgers instantly makes the Jets that good, especially with that defense. And so you sit there and say, like, all right, well, now maybe do we got to mix some things up? Bill doesn't mix things up, though. He doesn't care. He's not going to – he's never going to do it, right? You never know. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers might burn that <laughs> that uh, that uh, uh, locker room to the ground. So you have no idea, right, what's going to happen. But um, – it is interesting. I'd love to see them go out and spend a lot of money. It's still possible they do it with Orlando Brown. I doubt they do. But, like, how cool would it be if Bill coached his father and now coaches him? That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, we'll see. We'll see. We will. We will. And I I did hear from somebody who I trust that the Patriots are in on Orlando Brown. I don't know what that means because right. I, well, I think essentially what, what we've been seeing with Orlando Brown is he wants left tackle money, premier left tackle yeah. money. And it doesn't seem like anybody wants to pay him that they want him to go to right tackle, which is okay. I get it. Um, so that market might take a while to settle itself. I don't mm. know if that ends with him coming to new England or not, but it does sound like the interest is there. And, Quite frankly, I mean the 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 need isn't necessarily there now, which we'll we'll go through some of these signings in a minute, but it would be it would be helpful and it would give you more options in the draft. Now, you mentioned the the AFC and the Bills, well, they're the Bills. They're the class of the division still. Mm -hmm. The Miami Dolphins just trade they're the third monster trade in less than a year, getting Jalen Ramsey to come there. Their yep. secondary, their roster is just loaded with talent, and they're building it around Tua Tungavailoa, who they picked up his fifth-year option, so it looks like he's their guy, um, barring anything crazy and health-permitting, obviously. Right. Aaron Rodgers just said he wants to play, and he wants to play for the Jets, so it would seem 
that that is going to happen in relatively short order. That I mean, the Jets are. There's a part of me where it's like the Jets are still the Jets. Yep. You got to you got to show me. That's what I said last year. People were talking about, oh man, the Jets. You know, you the Patriots might be the the fourth team in the division because oh look at those Jets on paper they're more talented than you. And I was just like, no, you got to show me. And yep. of course they got they got their brains beat in by the Patriots because they were playing Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's terrible. Yeah. Now, let's go ahead and get into these additions. Okay. Let's start with the re-signings because that's where they mainly focused on things. Resign Matthew Slater, Connor McDermott, James Ferentz, Raquan McMillan, John Jones, big one, first big one of, of kind of the new year, I, yeah, I would say. I agree. And Jabril Peppers, which I also really like. Big fan of that. Yeah. And then on the veteran side of things, the, the external additions, you've added Riley Reef, Calvin Anderson, both tackles. And the aforementioned Juju Smith-Schuster. You have lost Jacoby Myers, and you traded away Johnny Smith, which good on them for getting out of that contract. Yeah, yeah. Devin McCourty retired, and Jake Bailey released. So first of all, which one of those moves struck you the most, good or bad? Right. Well, it's funny because I think – the Juju thing is interesting because clearly the Patriots preferred Juju over Jacoby Myers because yep. they gave him the same contract. And I know the guaranteed money is a little bit different, but they, they gave him essentially yeah, yeah, the Juju, same contract. Yeah, yeah, Juju came in a little bit cheaper, but yeah, three years, 33 for both of them. Right, right. And so, you know, they preferred Juju over Jacoby Myers. And I don't know if I can blame them for that, to be honest with you. I think Myers has been a reliable piece here. He's a great guy. Everyone in the locker room loves him. He works his tail off, but he doesn't have the juice that Schuster does, right? That's Mr. Schuster does. And I think that that really, to me, is what separates him, is that you get a guy, um, you know, and Matt was talking about it. We did a, a little quick instant reaction today, and he was saying, you know, Matt kind of struggled in zone last year, and Jacoby's not really that zone sit guy. And Juju has excelled at that in his career, and this should help Mac in some of those situations where he finds those soft spots in the zone and just sits down. And so he's a big slot, similar to what Myers is. He's that probably doesn't have, uh, definitely doesn't have, I should say, the contested catch ability that Myers has. But he had he gives you more yak after the catch. Um, I think since 2016 or 2018, maybe he's second in the NFL in yak yeah, per, you know, behind Cooper Cup. That's pretty damn good, right? So like. So that's one of those things for me where I just think you can bring this guy in, you can run these underneath routes, have him sit down in zone, and he gets open. And I thought it was interesting that they preferred him over Myers. And again, I think maybe they made the – I hope they made the right call. Seems like they did, uh, on paper at least. But we'll have to see. And the other one was John Jones because, you know, when someone said there was more money elsewhere and he decided to stay with the Patriots – that was surprising to me because I thought he could go out there and get paid and he got less than 10 million bucks a year. I mean, really didn't get paid much to stay here. Um, and so I'm happy to see him back because I think he's a key piece of the team, but I'm, I'm also happy that it wasn't on a huge deal because I feel like he's best inside, right? Or, Hey, Tyree kills playing at Miami, go cover Tyree kill. He could do that. Right. But he's not, he's not shutting down Stefan Diggs. He's not like a number one corner, 
but he's a fast guy who provides you some really good depth and is a, just a consistently good player for the Patriots. And so I'm happy he's back as well. But again, surprised that he, that he took a little bit of a hometown discount to do it. Yeah, and you know wonder you wonder why that is. And I mean it might just be because look, they know how to use me, they know how to utilize my skills, and like I trust these coaches. I feel there's so many factors to free agency choosing a new team that yeah. a lot of us don't think about because usually like we're thinking about just the money, right? Oh, if you can go get more money elsewhere, then you should go do that. Or oh, I really hope that he just resigns with my team out of loyalty. Or like loyalty, you know, to the player or what have you. And there are so many different things about it, like your family, you know, or having roots here. Or do you feel like it's a better fit for your scheme? Do you have friends on the other team, people that right. that you want to play with? And there are so many things to consider. And, and it really does seem like he's a guy that's rooted here now, and he has trust in this coaching staff. You know, these cornerback coaches, Bill Belichick, everybody over there that they are going to do right by him. And quite frankly, the Patriots need him because even if he's not the, you know, he's not your prototypical number one cornerback, he's your best cornerback right now. That's correct. And and you can't afford to lose that because out of any of the positions, and I've been hammering the wide receiver thing a lot, out of any of the positions, if you lost him, that cornerback room is hurting the most yeah. out of any of the position groups that you could lose somebody at. Cause you could at least look at the wide receiver group. And, and again, not a big fan of their overall ceiling right now, but losing Jacoby Myers, you could say to yourself, okay, look, Devonte Parker has been a productive player in this league. He's just got to stay healthy. Tyquan Thornton still got some promise. Kendrick Ward has had promise for you. They are NFL players. At least you got two, two veteran players that you can rely on in the cornerback room. You had like, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Sean Wade, and yeah. like Miles Bryant. And that is just not good. No, no bueno. Cannot do yeah. that. So you definitely had to have him back. I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued by the two offensive tackles, especially with, and again, this might've been agent speak, which I think to an extent it, it probably is mostly agent speak, but the idea that Riley Reef is expected to go and win a starting job. I'm kind of like, okay, I don't know about all that. But he's a guy that when healthy, he's up there in years 34, but when healthy, he's been solid. And Calvin Anderson's a guy that, again, kind of like a spot starting role or like at a reserve role, been okay. Those are guys that if you didn't, for whatever reason, like the first round tackles, or they were gone by the time you get to pick mm-hmm. 14, the, 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 the big three that everybody wants, if they are gone by that point and you decide I'm going to go with an edge, like one of the Clemson guys, you know, Miles Murphy or, yep. you know, Brian Bracey, if you want to go with one of them, you want to go with the corner or you want to flowers. Yeah. You want to <laughs> go with some save flowers that in round two or three, there are guys that you can say, okay, I like him. Let's go ahead and take take him. And that you're not screwed if you miss out right. on, on the big three because you've got guys that are competent, which, again, looking at the offensive line situation from last year, a lot of people hated Trent Brown. Quite honestly, the guy was fine. Right. He had a couple of outlier, really horrible games, yeah. but by and large, the dude was fine. Cole Strange was fine. 
again, had a couple of rough ones, but by and large, he was okay. Right tackle was the only spot that was just bad, just consistently no good. You get that part figured out. Give Mac Jones competent pass blocking and competent coaching on that offensive line. Maybe you don't need to feel like, oh, my God, the offensive line is in such a dire situation, in my opinion. I agree with you 100. percent You know, 100 percent on that, and and I think, you know, bringing in the three guys that they brought. Of course, they bring back McDermott, but bringing in the two guys that they brought in. Look, is Reef going to be a starter for you? I don't know, but like you said, he he could be. And again, he's not an A plus player, but can he give you like C plus B minus at that spot? Like that's an upgrade over what you had last year, and you're paying five million dollars for it. You're paying nothing for it, right? So. If you're able to get someone else, great. He can be a good leader in the locker room. He can, you know, maybe bring a rookie along if you draft a rookie somewhere along the way. Maybe maybe you draft a rookie and the guy beats him out. Who knows, right? But the point is that you have a guy that you're like, all right, we're not screwed. We're not sitting here at 14 saying we have to take a tackle. And then, you, right. the, you know, the top two go in the top 10, and now you're scrambling to try to trade up to get the third one. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't need to do that anymore because – if worse comes to worse, we can stick him at right tackle and say, you know what? We can get by with it. It may not be perfect, but we can get by with it and we can draft a little bit of a project leader. Blake, Blake Freeland is a guy yeah. is a guy from BYU. I love uh-huh. that guy. I think if they take him later, he can be a good project. He can't start this year. He's not ready to start in the NFL this year. I don't think it, you know, maybe he maybe he'll prove us wrong and and he will be, but I don't think he's ready to start this year. But he doesn't have to start this year if you have a guy that can give him comp, give you at least competent stuff on the right hand side. So I agree with you 100. Like what it does is it gives them options, so you have depth. And and the juju thing is the same thing. It gives you options where you yes. look at it and say like we're not screwed. Would we like to get a, a number one wide receiver? Absolutely. Would we trade for Jerry Judy? I do it in a second. But like it, it's we're not screwed if that's what we go into this year with it's what we had last year. Right. And we didn't upgrade, but we also didn't really downgrade. Right. And so I'd like to see them do something, but that's where you can draft a wide receiver and say, or we can bring him along and kind of see what he has. And so I think the depth part of it is, is huge. Uh, you know, and peppers peppers does that and Jones does it. And so you're building this competent team to say, we have the depth, we can compete. When healthy, we can compete, and if everything goes well, we can actually be a playoff team, right? Right now, as constituted, we can do that because we've built this depth in. Now, one of those guys drops at 14, and we get a stud at 14, or suddenly the trade market for Judy drops, or suddenly the market value for Lando Brown drops, and we're able to get whatever the case may be, if you're able to get another stud or two, well, now there might be even a different story, right? But I think that right now you're comfortable with where you are because of the depth that you have and just the competency. Like you have competent yeah. guys in play in places that you didn't have before. Yes. And I think that I've been – and you mentioned it. You mentioned it. The idea that you have competence at tackle and mm-hmm. wide receiver – and corner now, right? You can put corner in that conversation, even though I think you're, you're going to need one. Yeah. But but you can say that you can go more or less whichever way you want now at, at pick number 14. It does not have to be one thing or the other. It can just be what you value. Now, I think that based on their history, 
what they value most is offensive tackle in this kind of spot, you know, a premium position, right. It was corner. It was quarterback last time with Mac Jones when they were up this high. Mm -hmm. And this time it's probably going to be offensive line, you know, specifically offensive tackle. However, if that is not the case, or rather if offensive line is gone, yep. What would you do? Because I, because I, I, I know what I would do. Yep. If given the opportunity, and I wonder if we might be about to see something of a Cole Strange this year in terms of a guy getting drafted higher than people think he should. Yep. But that it would work for the page. You know, you know where I'm going with this. I know, I know. You going Zay Flowers on this? I mean, that's that's your guy, right? I mean, like, I I would love to see it too. Uh, I think that's where you're going with it. In my opinion, at 14, if those three tight uh, tackles are gone, yeah, I'm praying Christian Gonzalez is there. If he's there, I'm yeah. taking him in a heartbeat um, yeah. because you need that position now. If you go out and sign Darius Slay, okay, then you don't need that position anymore. But it's a position of need, and the kid's an absolute stud. Um, so that might be where I'd go at 14, but like the thing about flowers and this is, you know, a little preview into, I've been kicking around a mock draft 3.0. And one of my things is trading back, you know, I think four spots and taking Zay flowers like 18, because I think Mm -hmm. if you're taking him in the top 20, it's still earlier than what people expect. Yeah. Um, which is funny because you went to the combine, everyone thought he was a top 15 pick. He was good at the combine. Not like he was bad at the combine, but I think some other people blew people out of the water. And so those guys jumped up and you're like, well, he was a top 15 pick before the combine. He might still be a top 15 pick and you could get him a little bit later now because, you know, you're infatuated with the edge class or whatever the case may be. And now you get a guy who can be an absolute beast in, in the Bill O'Brien system, yes. uh, you know, in that spot. And you have, you know, Juju, who's kind of your underneath guy. You have Tyquan Thornton, who's your speed guy. You have Devontae Parker, who is your, you know, contested catch guy. You have Zay Flowers, who's your slot, right? Your quick, twitchy, Edelman-like slot. Mm -hmm. And then you have Kendrick Bourne, too, who is still on the team. And, you know, every time he's out there, makes good plays. So it's like that. then I'm looking at my wide receiver core saying, Pretty damn good wide receiving core. And oh, by the way, kind of important. You need to figure out if Mac Jones is the guy or not. That is and the most now you've surrounded thing. yourself with that. That's the most important thing this team needs to figure out this year. And obviously, we've been talking about offensive line. I know the importance of making sure that Mac Jones has protection. But right. again, it's it's this idea to me that, and people kind of talked about it, you know, the car analogy where yep. Not having an offensive line is just not having wheels on the car. It's not going anywhere at all, which I get. Whereas having a wide receiver is like whether or not you have a performance engine, right? right. You have a performance engine, you have a slow, crappy engine that, you know, sputters and stops or whatever, but you can, you can still move. You're just not going particularly fast. You have to have the offensive line slash the wheels in order right. to have a baseline competence, to have a floor. But you're not going to find out what the ceiling is if you ain't got that performance engine. Correct. Right? You need the high octane. And so I feel like, and this is something that I've, I've wondered about with Bill Belichick, is the approach too antiquated? Is there still this need to get with the program? Like, we need to get studs, explosive guys that can 
change games with with speed and athleticism as opposed to just being, oh, well, he fits well, he runs good routes, and we like him. Tyquan Thornton was kind of a a little bit of a step in that direction. Yeah. And I feel like Zay Flowers is a good middle ground because he is a guy that has produced a lot with horrible quarterback play. I mean, yeah. good God, they're over yeah. there throwing the ball off the field and this guy's shaking people down on his route. And, and the ball's not even close. The, but the, uh, what was it? The end of the Clemson game where he just like, you're like, what are you do? He just fumbles a snap. It loses. And you're just like, come on, man. Like, you know, he had no, he had no shot. Man. Had no shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I feel I feel like to me, man, like I, I would love to see that. I would also like to see Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep getting the feeling, though, that he might not make it there, that yeah. he might have three coned his way into a top 12 pick, which, you know, may happen. But I feel like if, if he dropped to number 14, that's low key, my best player available. And I know there are good corners and all that. And, yeah. you know, it is assuming tackles are off the board. I'm like, mm, right. I think I might do that. Well, you listen, just listen to Garrett Wilson, right? Listen to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who they say the best receiver is on the team. Jackson's JSN. He's the best receiver on the team. They said it over and over and over again. He's better than we are. (laughs) Like, that's okay. And I believe them, right? And you see the three-cone drill, and you see the route running, and you see the polish from him. Like, you know, he is. Some of the charts on this guy, the way that he he outproduced, no matter what the, the, the scheme was that he were going against, man or zone, he was like wide receiver one by an entire planet. Right. Yeah. That one, the, the graph where it's like, everyone's down here and he's up here by himself. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, that's outrageous. Um, you know, it's funny. You made the, you made the, the, you know, the, the comment about line versus, you know, explosive players. I I mean, to me, that's even, that's a non-starter at this point. You can't even have, we can't have that conversation anymore. The 2021 Cincinnati Bengals ended that conversation. They ended it. It was over. Penny Sewell was the best tackle prospect since Orlando Pace, probably, right? And maybe that might be a little hyperbole, but you get you get the idea. And they took Jamar Chase over him, and they made the freaking Super Bowl. And they right? were getting it was like, absolutely destroyed, killed for that yes. move. And, yep. and, I mean, yeah, they get to the Super Bowl, and then the offensive line lets them down. But they got to the Super Bowl. They, right, and that's the thing. It's like, well, the offensive – it was like, well, do they get there without Jamar Chase? Like, come on, dude. Like, no, that's, not – and that's the thing. It's like if you have that guy or those guys, because it really what it turned into was him and Higgins and Boyd, and it was like, oh, my God, we can't stop these guys, you know? Yeah. And so if you can build an offense that's that good with skill players, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And I think Belichick, you know, you mentioned it. I think he is realizing that's where we're headed, right? You saw, I, I thought, you know, Taekwon was definitely a departure for sure in what they normally look for. Marcus Jones, who's the guy that can do everything, won the Paul Horner guy, get it, all that stuff. He was small. I mean, real small. And they went after him because of his speed and his, his athleticism yeah. and what they can bring as, as an electric player. And you saw it on the field. Jack Jones, he's got, you know, he is a he's a he takes chances. Belichick doesn't take guys that take chances like that. He wants guys that are dependable and reliable, and you know where they're going to be, and you know who they are. That's, he doesn't take chances on guys like that, and it paid off with Jack Jones. Now, hopefully, the whole suspension thing is is you know water under the bridge and everything else like that. But I think last year was was kind of a look into that. 
hey, we got to start making a move. We got to start changing the way that we're doing things and bringing in some of these you know, elite athletic players, even uh, Pierre Strong, you know, the fastest 40 time out of anyone at the combine for, for a running back. So, you know, I think to me, you look at it and say, they're headed in that direction. Now, will he say, screw the offensive line? I'm taking JSN or Zay Flowers in the first round. He might, I don't know. Right. And I guess that's the question. Then the question becomes if Paris Johnson and JSN are sitting there at 14, <laughs> then what does he do? do? Right. And so then yeah. that becomes the question now. What and I almost like I'm sitting there like, I don't know. Like if they're at 14 and they have both those guys there, I'm like, I don't know what I do. I maybe I'd take JSN, but Paris Johnson's so damn good. Like I don't, you know. Yeah, and see that's that's the thing, right? I feel like there, there are so many different fluctuations and different thoughts about this tackle class. Honestly, yeah. I feel like I, I've heard people say that brought you know, Broderick Jones has the best upside of any of the tackles. I feel like it's Paris Johnson Jr. I think so too. Yeah. He's got he's got arms like freaking oars <laughs> yeah. you know and, and and the athleticism the patience i don't know i feel like he's gonna be good if you want the guy who's gonna be really good right now though i kind of feel like jsn is your guy right now uh, you know yeah if you're talking about upside i could get with some some paris johnson jr right. that would be absolutely fascinating and right. hey that might be the discussion that might be the very discussion that happens at pick number nine for them chicago bears I mean, yeah, but, hey, your Bears are killing the offseason right now. <laughs> killing I mean, the offseason. I mean, here, here's the thing, man. Like, that's the kind of thing that you want them to do for Mac Jones, right? Yeah. And, and and I get it. I get it that this is – that was a unique situation, right? Having the number one overall pick, being able to trade out of that, and being able to get DJ Moore thrown in as a sweetener. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's – pretty nice. Oh, my God. That, that's Davis amazing. knows – you should be sending Davis Mills, you know <laughs> – I don't even know, dude. The entire city of Chicago I, needs to buy David and yeah, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Well, I blame Lovie the Texans. I blame the Texans because the Texans told Lovey Smith he was done, and that was an fu touchdown. That was a oh, you're kicking me out. All right, we're gonna win this game, and, and you're gonna lose the number one pick. You know, they it's deserve, it's like they, they got it. exactly what they deserved. You're right. They deserved it. I mean, and and to, and to think that's the kind of thing that other teams are doing for their third year quarterbacks is yeah. yo, let's go out get you a stud, yeah. and. The Patriots are like, we're, we're going to go get you Juju Smith-Schuster, which, right. look, 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 that might not be it. That might not be it. But it just feels like they have a different way of doing things. They don't feel so compelled to be like, oh, yeah, we got to go out and get you a star. Because I feel like, to an extent, like, they just don't think the quarterback is that important. Right. I mean, well, not, to say, not, not to say it's not important, but it's like they don't they don't think that – Oh, we got it. We got to have. You got to find out if this guy is the guy, you know, right. and and get ready to pay him forty million dollars. I feel like they're just like, eh, you know, if he's not the guy. We'll just play Bailey Zappi, or we'll just right. draft another. We'll just draft another dude yeah, like that. Really nice. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's it's fascinating, and you're right. Like I, I'm fascinated to see if he ever makes the shift, and he may be out of the league at this point. And if Max the guy, then we'll never have to find out. But. I'm curious he ever if he ever makes the shift to that dual threat quarterback, right? That DTR player, that yeah. Anthony Richardson. I mean, what if Anthony Richardson's there at 14 somehow? What if <laughs> I don't even yeah, I don't I even mean, want to open this can of words? What if Jalen no. Carter? What if Jalen Carter after that pro day today? What if Jalen Carter's sitting there at 14? I, I came, I'm thinking about it. I right? keep thinking about it. It's <laughs> it's Christ, you know, it's possible. And and you know what? There's a part of me that my my first thought was that he would do it 
Yeah. That was my first thought was that Bill would do it. And he would take Carter and he would laugh his way to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the kid's a stud. He's a stud. He's had a, he's had a horrible month, a horrible month. And so he's out of shape and he's not in football shape and his head's not in it right now. But you're telling me you can't draft him and you don't, you can't get your head. You can't get his head in the game by September. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyways, we're, I, we're way I off think, topic. I think they could, but, yeah, we're off topic, but I think I think they could get him there. Let, let me let me hit you with one last topic. Yes. We, hop off. we mentioned Devin McCourty that he's retired, and there's a void in leadership, obviously, mm-hmm. that you really can't replace. Correct. But then there's the part on field that they have to replace in some form or fashion, and there's been a lot of talk about. Oh yeah, let, let's go out and get you know Jesse Bates or right. Jordan Poyer, right? And to me, it seems like they've already got good safeties on the roster, good multi-dimensional safeties in Peppers, whom they just resigned, Adrian mm-hmm. Phillips and Kyle Duggar, obviously. But all of them are kind of guys that you don't think of, like, oh yeah, I just want to stick them in the deep part of the field and and let them chill back there. So I feel like there's going to be a little bit of rotation, a little bit of committee. But what do you think about Jalen Mills being a primary in-house candidate to take on that role? It's interesting. That's a really interesting thought. Uh, He did tweet out what yesterday or two days ago, how, Uh you know, didn't I tell you all it was a safety, right? So I think he's open to it, which is good. That's the first step. Uh, Then the second question is, can he do it? Right. And that's really the other question behind it. So we don't know what, you know, Josh Bloods looked great in training camp and then got on the field and really couldn't kind of couldn't play, couldn't get on the field. And I guess maybe it's because you had, had so many good safeties ahead of him. But, you know, he got hurt, but then he, he just couldn't he couldn't find the football field. So you wonder, is he the guy to take over there? I think Jalen Mills is a good option. Um, I also want to throw this at you. OK. In one of my mock drafts, I had the Patriots taking Keely Ringo. And flipping him to free safety, sim- similar to what they did with McCourty, only because uh, the biggest question with Ringo is the hips, right? It's the yeah. it's the change of direction ability while he's covering receivers one on one. He's got the speed, and you know, and he's got the size and the physicality for it. If you throw him out there like McCourty was, maybe he becomes one of the. And now you're gonna need, in that situation, you're gonna need someone like Jalen Mills because he's probably not gonna be able to make that shift to full time free safety immediately, right? Right, but you can work him in there. You can train him for it if he's open to it. You know, he might be that guy that kind of takes over. Um, you know, for that spot. And so that was just a thought that I had. But I like the idea. I think it becomes you know by committee. I also think too, like if you go out and sign Julian Love, or you go out and sign old friend Deron Harmon, or you bring in a guy that okay, he's not amazing, but. He's there, right? I was kind of hoping Juan Thornhill would be that guy, but he, you know, he went elsewhere. And so it's like, you know, are you going to get a guy that's a depth player? And then you're just going to throw a bunch of guys at it. Because we don't have one guy back there, but we got four guys back there that can all do it. We're all, we're going to rotate him in and out. And, you know, instead of having one Pro Bowl caliber player back there, it's going to be four guys that we're just going to patchwork it together and then see if we can get a guy later on. You know, I hate the idea. Brian Branch been thrown around. I hate the idea of taking Brian Branch at fourteen. I just hate Can't it. Happen. I hate Can't it. Happen. You know, happen. like you don't no. need a safety. It's a free safety. I know it's an important position, but at fourteen, that's wild. So, you know, that's 
that one's out for me. Um, but I think, I think, you know, throw a bunch of people at it. And then if you want to draft a rookie, and again, it doesn't have to be Ringo, but draft a guy with upside who can learn the position and eventually take it over. Right. And if you can throw a bunch of guys at it this year, and maybe that guy is good enough where he takes over midseason, who knows? Right. But, um, but you know, just have the people out there that are competent and can do it. I love the idea of Mills, but again, I he's just it's not like you're gonna throw Jalen Mills at free safety and you're good. You know, like that's right, you know. Yeah, and, and that and he's a guy that he had his best overall year and his best year in coverage when he was a safety with the Philadelphia Eagles that last year, right before he came yeah. to the Patriots. And honestly, that <laughs> I feel like that might have made him his money, if we're gonna yeah, be completely probably. honest. That year, because he was not very good as an outside corner before that, since then has been better with with the Patriots, actually. Better than I expected him to be. Way better, yeah. But he was also still, like, he wasn't just a straight-up deep safety. He was in the box. He was by the line of scrimmage. He kind of played everywhere. He was in the slot a lot. So it's not just, oh, yeah, you stick him as a deep safety, and that's just what he does. But having that positional versatility could be big. But again, as we talked about, it's not just on the field with Devin McCourty. You know, the, the void that he's going to yeah. leave, one of the great Patriots of all time, um, it is going to be something in that locker room to replace. They've got good leaders. They've got good guys that are in there right now. But it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And it'll be interesting to see where uh, he ends up being in terms of uh, you know, what, what media yeah. outlet is going to scoop him up because I think that is going to be in his future for sure. Oh, yeah. Yo, Pat Lane, co-host of... Pat's Nation podcast. Yep. Patriot Nation podcast. Same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Patriots Nation podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, man. It's, again, like you said, the inaugural podcast of the new league year, which I probably right. need to start labeling these now season two um, yeah. because, you know, hey, it, it is about that time. But, uh, <laughs> yo, man, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. And uh, love to do it again anytime. You let me know anytime and I'd be happy to come back on. Yes, sir. Have a good night.